0: Most people have a bad habit or two. Many of them are established in childhood and carried around throughout life. For example, a surprising number of people bite their nails, according to Dr. Dana Stern, assistant clinical professor of dermatology at the Mount Sinai School of Medicine in New York.
1: It's shockingly common. And in fact, when I first came across this statistic, I was surprised. It's about 20 to 30 percent of the general population. And this statistic may actually be low because we really think that the prevalence is likely underestimated because patients are often embarrassed to seek help for this condition.
0: Just like any habit, nail biting occurs in varying degrees. Some people may just chew off hangnails Others are chronic biters who tear at their cuticles and the skin around their nails, causing terrible damage. But why do we bite our nails in the first place? Dr. Fred Penzel says it may be linked to evolutionary grooming behaviors. Penzel is a psychologist and executive director of Western Suffolk Psychological Services in Huntington, New York. He focuses his work on habits he calls body-focused repetitive behaviors, like skin picking, hair pulling, and nail biting.
2: All these things, as they say, have some relationship to grooming behaviors. However, they were never meant to go as far as they go when it becomes a disorder, basically. So all these things have their roots in evolution and early types of behaviors. They say all people do a certain amount of them, but for the majority of people, they don't become problematical or don't turn into disorders in their own right.
0: But for people who bite beyond what's normal, their nails are visibly different.
1: You basically tend to see an abnormal short, uneven nails. Oftentimes the cuticles are affected. Biting can occur anywhere along the length of the nail. So the cuticle is the nails protective seal at the base of the nail. And it's a very crucial anatomical structure
2: person may have infections, they may have skin damage or, you know, nail bed damage, things like that, or uh, it causes scabs and bleeding and kind of unsightliness and causes social problems, you know, to the point where the person's keeping their hands behind their back or in their pockets when they're around other people because it creates like a sort of social embarrassment in addition to, you know, these medical and other problems.
0: As Penzel mentioned, infection is a major concern for extreme nail biters. The constant contact between the mouth and open wounds around the nails can lead to a variety of health problems, especially when the cuticle is damaged. The cuticle
1: is essentially what prevents everything from entering the nail unit. And so lots of biters like to kind of pick and tear at that structure, and that can wreak havoc in a lot of ways. It can actually result in secondary infections, things called paronychias. And there are actually two types of paronychias. One is caused by yeast and one is caused by bacteria. And what is crucial to understand with respect to nail biting is that our oral flora, the kind of bacterial ecosystem in our mouth, so to speak, is kind of in a well-balanced state within our mouths. But when we stick our fingers in there, our nails will kind of take on organisms that are not supposed to be lingering and entering the nail unit.
0: Nail biting can cause other injuries and damage to the nails as well.
1: You can develop something called a splinter hemorrhage, which is these little black longitudinal streaks within the nail that are actually blood that collect in the grooves within the nail bed. And those are a direct result of trauma. Basically what's happening is the nail biter is essentially crushing the little capillaries and blood supply within the nail bed. And then the grooves within the nail bed fill with blood and it looks like a black splinter. You can also develop other abnormalities such as punctate leukonychia, which are white spots throughout the nail. Those are very common in
0: children. Stern says it's even possible for someone with a history of oral herpes to transfer that to their nails. That's called herpetic Whitlow. You'd think with all these complications, people would try hard to quit. But it's not that simple.
2: You're trying to satisfy a need within your nervous system, which is pretty powerful, you know. It's like... There's usually, let's say, some mechanism that regulates levels of stimulation within the nervous system, and in this case, in these folks, it's not working very well. So it's very hard to resist. Your nervous system wants what it wants, basically, and nails are always there, so is hair and skin. They're always available. You can always use them for this purpose.
0: Penzel says chronic nail biters seem to have no control over their biting, but resources like a therapist can help those who can't seem to break the habit.
2: Serious enough, probably need to work with a specialist, you know, a therapist who's trained and has experience in treating disorders of this kind because, first of all, you need to do a very careful behavioral analysis of it to understand all the triggers and all the inputs that generally lead to a person doing this. And then you have to either eliminate those triggers or control them in some way or modify them or find substitutes. So, as I say, it's a very comprehensive kind of therapy, and you really need someone who has experience in doing this. You know, people may try one or two little uh, techniques that they've heard about, but it won't be enough to overcome a problem that's become quite serious and become very pervasive.
0: Once people quit biting their nails, obviously it stops infection and further damage, but sometimes it may be too late.
1: People who have been lifelong nail biters who are really biting down by the cuticle area, sometimes their nails are very wide and it's very hard to reverse that. Sometimes the nails will actually develop pigment from biting. So what happens is the nail biter has kind of these black to brown, to gray longitudinal streaks in the nail. And the reason that occurs is because the nail actually has melanocytes, which are the melanin-producing cells, and typically those cells are not producing pigment. They're kind of sleeping, they're dormant, but when they get stimulated, and trauma is the number one stimulus in the nail of these melanocytes, they wake up and start producing pigment, and it appears as these brown to black stripes, and those can be Even once the nail biting stops, those can take years to fade, and sometimes they don't end up fading. The melanocytes are just permanently stimulated.
0: This sort of permanent damage is why it's important for people who are chronic biters to seek help to get over what's more than just a bad habit. You can find more information about Dr. Dana Stern, Dr. Fred Penzel, and all of our guests on our website, RadioHealthJournal.org. For more behind-the-scenes, follow Radio Health Journal on Facebook, Instagram, and X. This segment originally aired September 2021 and was written by Morgan Kelly. Our lead producer is Kristen Farah. Our production manager is Jason Dickey. I'm Greg Johnson.
1: Coming up next week on Radio Health Journal... I think we can talk to them about expectations because a lot of these kids are feeling pressures from places that we don't even realize.
0: How to know when your kid is experiencing toxic stress.
1: But first, a look at mental illness within our justice system.
0: If you are mentally ill, if you're hearing voices or seeing visions, or if you're really paranoid, it's hard for you to comply with orders in the same way that you might be able to if you were mentally well. All that
1: and more on Radio Health Journal. I'm Elizabeth Westfield, host of Radio Health Journal. If you enjoy listening to Radio Health Journal, you'll also like our sister show, Viewpoints, which covers a wide array of topics from education to history to the environment. Here's a preview of what they're covering this week on Viewpoints. One
2: of the things that is so important about science fiction is this confrontation with the present. We cover an author who's paved the way for greater diversity in science fiction. Then...
1: They're a perfect democratic society. They take everybody's input and then they make a group decision and they thrive by each doing a little tiny bit of contribution and work.
2: We dive into the fascinating inner workings of bees. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints.